Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer of Kramer Basketball, founder of the Coach's Edge, and we have another great episode cooked up for you today. And uh, the secret sauce, the, the key to that recipe is Coach Craig Martin, Myrtle Beach, boys basketball varsity coach. It's his 13th year at Myrtle Beach High School. They've qualified for 12 straight playoff appearances. He's got multiple region coach of the year awards. Uh, they won a lower state championship. They have a state championship runner up. He's helped numerous players play basketball at the college level. And if I just left it at that, it would do him a disservice for everything that he brings to the table and the impact that he's made in the lives of many, many young men. So I can't wait for you to dig into this episode as he talks about his six main non-negotiables that he has with his program. And he also really breaks down their defense, why they're so tough defensively and some of the things that they focus on. But before we get to the episode, before we get to the episode, the Coach's Edge membership at coachesedge.coach, coachesedge.coach drops today. We're opening it up for new members today through April 31st, and then we'll close shop again, just working with the, the coaches on the inside of that membership. All of our coaches, they get access to our members only coaches meetings. They get access to all of our past and present presentations, whether we do presentations on shot selection, building culture, developing scouting reports, player development, practice plans and drills, you name it, we cover it. You get access to hundreds of videos and playbooks within our membership. We do personal game film review. I've watched all of our teams play within our Coach's Edge a minimum of two times this season. And the majority of the teams in our Coach's Edge membership, I watched them play many more times than that. And then maybe one of the coolest things is every varsity team gets free team access to the Kramer basketball training app. And that's the big part of what makes the Coach's Edge, I think, so cool, is that we have the coaching membership, and then we have the player development app for your team. Really, it's one of the only places, I think, it, that's why it makes it a one-stop shop, is we help the coaches and we help the players. You don't really have to go anywhere else. And so, so coachesedge.coach, check it out. Let me know if you have any questions. It's contact at kramerbasketball.com, or you can reach out to me at Coach's Edge one on Twitter if you have any other questions. A special thank you to Coach Martin for taking the time to be on the Coach's Edge podcast. Let's get to the show. I'd like to give a warm Coach's Edge welcome to Craig Martin of Myrtle Beach High School. Coach, thanks for being on the Coach's Edge podcast. Well, first of all, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, just the opportunity. I'm flattered to be here, and uh, it's obviously a privilege to be able to talk to you about a game that we both love and been around for a long time. But um, again, thanks for having me, and thanks for doing what you're doing to a lot for a lot of our kids uh, in Myrtle Beach and in South Carolina. I appreciate that. It's been exciting to you know slowly but surely get to know some some solid people in the South Carolina. Myrtle Beach area, you're one of those, you're one of those people, you're one of those guys. So um, I'm, I'm glad to have you on the Coach's Edge podcast. And you're also a heck of a basketball coach. And uh, I'd be lying if I said it's pretty cool. You also have a, a Michigan background as well. So <laughs> let's, yeah. uh, so let's start there. Could you give us a little bit of 
your bio, introduce yourself uh, before we get into some of our questions tonight? Sure. Um, well, I, I've, we, me and my family uh, moved to South Carolina um, probably about, well, shoot, it's been about 15 years ago now uh, when everything was kind of falling apart back home in Michigan. Um, but uh, back in Michigan, I started coaching when I was 22 years old. And um, I coached for my uh, former head coach, high school coach, Ed Melberg at Oakland Christian. And uh, I started off as the, the, the middle school coach at, at 22. And we would have, um, you know, we'd have practice in the morning before school started. We'd have practice in the morning, then uh, I'd coach those kids. And that, that was, I mean, that was a good time. I mean, they're, they're groggy. I'm groggy. Uh, and just getting in there and seeing those kids wake up and play and, and get excited and go to class and sleep is basically what happened. But, um, you know, we, we'd practice there. Then, um, uh, I was also the, uh, an assistant on the varsity team. And so, uh, at one point, I mean, it was just, you know, in the morning you're, you're coaching, uh, kids and kind of doing your thing. Uh, nobody else in the gym, just me and the kids and, and getting to do a lot of different things that like experiment almost on these kids. Uh, then, you know, after school in the afternoon, I, I got to coach with watch, uh, and be a part of, you know, coach Melberg is in, you know, the hall of fame in the BCAM hall of fame. And, and just to get an opportunity to kind of watch him do what he does from a different perspective now, because, you know, I, I'd graduated, obviously graduated high school. I'd been gone for a little while, uh, played a little basketball at Oakland Community College and had an opportunity to uh, come back and work with him. And you're looking at it from a different view and watching him, what he did and, and um, why he did it. Uh, understanding those things really had a huge impact on me. Um, so I, I did that for a while. And uh, then I coached for a short period of time. I coached, uh, I was an assistant uh, for uh, Don Lichty at Birmingham Seahome. Don uh, was also a teacher at Oakland Christian. Uh, so I kind of got um, uh, reeled into that. Uh, Coach Melbourne kind of encouraged me, hey, go do this, try this. And you know, whatever he said, I basically did. And I went there and had, it was a, it was a eye-opening experience, a little bit different. Um, but again, it allowed me to see, you know, someone else coach. It, it allowed me to uh, be a part of a lot of different games. Um, so I would do, you know, at 22 years old, I'm coaching uh, middle school. I'm an assistant varsity coach in the fall. I'm coaching girls in the summer. Uh, I was asked to coach a little uh, sixth grade AAU travel team. And I was doing that. Uh, and that was, I mean, that was just fun. I mean, I truly, truly enjoyed my time doing all that kind of stuff. And then eventually I thought uh, I needed to kind of pull myself away from Oakland Christian. And, and um, I actually got a call from uh, Tim Donnan. Tim Donnan used to go to Southfield Christian and he was the head varsity boys coach at uh, uh, Ortonville Brandon. And so he called me I went over there and started working with them. And uh, that was a program that, that had struggled. Um, they, they were up and down. They had, they had some good players um, uh, in the past, but hadn't had a lot of consistency. So I had an opportunity to go over there and coach with him for a, uh, a little bit. I can't remember how many years it was, um, but it, it was a handful of years. I coached the varsity also, or, or I was an assistant on the varsity. I was coaching the JV. 
And then me and uh, my wife decided to, you know, it was a good time to, to, to up and move. And we, we moved to South Carolina and I landed in one of the most rural areas I've ever been in, in my life in Kershaw County and coached uh, as the JV coach and assistant varsity at um, North Central High School. And when I say rural, it was, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to explain coming from, you know, Oakland County being where I'm from. Um, I, I remember one of the, and this is how rural it was. Oh, we bought a house and I get, it was on a, you know, it was one of those cookie cutter kind of things. They, they chop all, well, they didn't have to chop trees down. It was in the middle of, a, you know, it used to be a farm. So uh, we bought a house. I remember walking outside one night and I looked up and I, I'd never seen so many stars in my life. I mean, it was so, you didn't have street lights. You didn't have, you know, I, I grew up next to airport, train tracks. I mean, it was just noise, commotion. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, this is the middle of nowhere. I heard cows. I didn't know what that was. I never heard cows before in my life. Um, so we moved in the middle of nowhere. And I tell you, that was, that was a great experience. Uh, I had an opportunity to coach with uh, Chad Dixon uh, for a handful of years. And I really saw when I first came down here to South Carolina, I realized basketball is different. It's played differently here than it is up north. And it was a shock to my system. What a foul is uh, up north uh, and what a foul is down south are uh, 100% two different things. I mean, up north, you're banging people, you're knocking them down. I mean, it literally, uh, at least when when I was growing up and, and the time I was coaching, for the most part, no blood, no foul. Uh, South Carolina, oh, totally different. I mean, uh, the game was played differently. Um, the game's more up and down, more in transition. You have absolutely uh, incredible athletes uh, down here, uh, and they're built different. I, I mean, a lot of these kids are long, lanky, skinny, look like track stars. Um, back home, you got kids that, that, you know, you go to the paint, they're going to knock your, your front teeth out. Um, so having the experience with Chad at North Central with a bunch of kids that were extremely poor um, and living in a, uh, a rural area was a, a unique experience in itself. But I, I saw kids that, that were ready to learn. And it gave me a chance to work with a bunch of, a group of kids that I, I, you know, never had a chance to work with kids like that before. After that, I got a chance to, uh, uh, I got the head job at uh, Myrtle Beach High School. And uh, I've been there now for, uh, I think it's about 13 years. Uh, and we've had, uh, I've had, I've been really, really lucky to have a bunch of good kids, great coaches, uh, good people to work with. And we've had, um, we, we, we've done pretty well with what we've had. I love to hear everybody's background. No story is, is just like somebody else's and uh, very unique with yours as far as going from, you know, Midwest basketball to essentially kind of Southern East Coast basketball. And right. you're right, the, the style of play is really different. And you cut your teeth at different levels as well, which is which is awesome. And, you know, so many times we always think higher level, the better. And, and don't get me wrong, it is great to win, you know, when you're playing in the state finals with a varsity team. That's an sure. awesome feeling. But, you know, even in my limited coaching experience, I coached six years of high school basketball, some as a head coach, some as an assistant coach. 
I coached one year at junior high basketball though. And that might've been some of the most fun I've ever had. Just working oh, with yeah. those, those guys every day for a few months and just getting after it, getting better and, uh, and watching them develop. Uh, there's so much development that can happen at, at a young age is, is really fun as well. Um, so, and you have all those experiences, I think, mm-hmm. which, which brings you to, you know, the, the program that you have now at Myrtle beach, which has had, uh, consistent success year in and year out. And I think a big part of that is your standards, your pillars, your non-negotiables that you have down for your program. So you have six non-negotiables that you stress with, with your guys. Can you share those? And if you have time, you know, share a little bit of why each one is so vital. Sure. Sure. Um, we started off with, uh, you know, the whole fist theory and I wanted to come up with five things. And obviously, as the, the older you get, the more you realize, um, you know, some things are sometimes things need to change. So, so we've always talked about, um, you know, a fist versus a hand where you have, you know, you got five fingers. If those five fingers are individual and, and you go into a fight and, and you got and you're fighting like this, you know, smack it. You're not going to be as effective. You're going to break a finger. You're going to you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to get your your butt kicked, to say the least. Um, but if all those fingers end up you know, becoming a fist and we came up, you know, we didn't come up with this, but I'm sure a lot of people use it, but we, we, we talked about the fist and, and bringing these five things in. And obviously we've added six, uh, but initially what we had uh, at the very beginning, uh, I was kind of thinking about what are some of the most important things? What do I want my team to look like? Um, what are the things that we're going to emphasize? And they were initially, they were a teamwork effort, execution, communication, and pride. Okay, now over time, these things have changed. And um, now we, we talk more, we, we've always talked, teamwork's number one. So we've always talked about teamwork. We talk about teamwork, toughness, um, and, and toughness is a, a, a must in, in our program. But we talk about teamwork, toughness, execution, effort, communication, and loyalty. So th- those would be our six non-negotiables. And when we talk about non-negotiable, um, I mean, they're not, they're not negotiable. I mean, this is not something that if you're going to be a part of our program, those are the things that you're going to do, or you're just not going to be a part of the program. Uh, I've never had uh, a, po- a problem being very direct with our kids, our parents. Um, you know, if you can't do some of these things uh, and you want to transfer, I'll, I'll drive you to the next school that you want to go to. I'll pick you up and I'll, I'll take you there. I have no problems with that. We're not going to try and stop that from happening. That'll never happen at Myrtle Beach. If you want to go, you go. Um, but I'm very direct and very clear with our kids about um, what's most important to us. And, and I truly believe those, those those things that we talk about are all things that are going to transfer over when these kids are gone and, and when they're, they end up going to college or they end up going right into the workforce or they end up being fathers. Um, these are things that are going to transfer, trans, transfer directly into their life. And that, that, that's my focus. My focus, you know, people, people have asked, um, you know, how many games have you won? How many games have you lost? How many games this game, this game? I have no clue. I, I, I don't know how many games we won, you know, this year. I don't know how many games we won last year when we ended up in the state finals. I, I, I don't know. I, I have no clue. I have no idea. But I, but I can tell you a whole lot of wins that we've had with our individual kids. I can tell you where my kids are at, what they're doing, you know, uh, if they're married, if they're not married, how many kids they have. Um, I, I can tell you about that. Though, that's what I'm concerned about. 
Okay. Now, now getting back to the basketball stuff, the teamwork, um, you know, being uh, from Michigan and, and obviously Bo said it best, the team, the team, the team. That's what, that's what it's all about. Period. The team, you're not doing anything else uh, except what's best for the team. And if you, again, if you can't do that, there's really no reason for you to be here. Um, we got enough selfish people uh, in our society. Um, we don't need any more. And, and I think it's, it's really, I put it on myself to kind of help kids learn how to serve, uh, realize that you're not the most important person in the room, that helping someone else is, can be extremely beneficial, not only to yourself, but to them. And we, we preach that nonstop. And these are things that, that we drill in, in, in every single one of our practices and every single one of our games. I mean, it's, it's all about teamwork and working together and, and executing. Um, the toughness part, uh, I don't, I've never used a whistle. Um, I believe, and this is just me, and it, it might sound crazy and, and different, but a uh, whistle to me is bad. Uh, that's what the bad guy has. Uh, and you don't respond to the whistle. You respond to my voice. I want the, those kids to be able to hear me. So when I'm yelling the screen, I don't want them necessarily to stop on the whistle. I want them to stop when I'm telling them to stop. I want them to be able to hear my voice over everything else. And um, I know it sounds weird, but I've never used a whistle in practice. Um, I've never, we don't have out of bounds. Uh, the whole gym's open. If the ball's loose, the, the play's not stopped. You're running and getting it. If the bleachers are out, you're going into the bleachers. Uh, we don't stop playing uh, over, I mean, anything. We've had, um, you know, parents come and watch practice. We've had parents get hit in the stands when, when kids are wrestling for the ball. We, I mean, it gets a little, uh, a little crazy. But toughness to me is not going out and necessarily bullying someone, picking a fight, fighting with some. It's, it's the mental part as much as it is the physical, physical part. It's being uh, tough when, you know, when everything's going wrong, what are you doing? Are you pouting? You're feeling bad for yourself? Or are you continuing to work and do whatever you have to do to make sure your team has some sort of success? Um, uh, the physical part, yeah, they're, they're going to have to be physically tough you know, coming to our practice. Um, <laughs> there's never a jump ball. If I got kids you know, on the floor holding the ball, someone's going to end up with it. Someone's going to take the ball away. And um, we do a lot of that because it, I guess a lot of people say it's somewhat old school, but obviously your practice has got to be much tougher uh, than your games. I don't want our kids complaining about getting bumped and touched and fouled. I don't want our kids uh, whining about officials. I don't want our kids responding to someone else pushing them and getting mad. If I put them through that, that physicality and practice and they're bumping and physical and, and fouling and doing that stuff and I, and I'm not stopping them from doing it in practice when by the time they get in the game, this should not be an issue. Okay. Um, the execution part, is really huge for us because we've never, we've had good players. Don't get me wrong. We've had really, really good players. We've had really great kids um, that are tough. Uh, but the execution part is something that we have had to rely on heavily, offensively and defensively. And, and a lot of it has to do with um, 
just not having the superstar athletes. The tallest kid I've ever had was six, seven. I've had two kids that are six, seven, and one of them sat the bench of the majority of uh, the games. He ended up transferring because everybody was wondering why he's in the bench and it had to do with, he didn't, didn't give great effort, didn't play hard enough, wasn't tough enough. Um, the other one ended up, uh, <laughs> he actually walked on at Clemson. So, you know, we're pretty happy about, about that one, but I, I've never had big studs. Um, but, uh, but again, we've had kids that can absolutely get after it and, and in practice with the repetition, uh, and, and the execution of what we want to do and kids buying into what we want to do, we've had a great amount of success. Uh, execution uh, is extremely important, but there's also got to be that vision. What, what do I want my team to look like uh, offensively and defensively? Uh, what does a Myrtle Beach basketball player look like uh, offensively and defensively? Um, and then it's a matter of going out there as a coach. It's making them do it to perfection. Uh, until they can't, you know, they can't do it wrong. Um, so the execution part is, is huge. And again, uh, this is harped on. This is not just something we talk about. I mean, this is stuff we emphasize every single day in, in practice. The, these words are going to be used and they're used by me. They're used by the guys I've coached in the past. They'll come in and use the same, the same terminology. Um, effort, you know, and this is kind of funny. And uh, effort is, uh, it, it's the, the never jogging, it's the running, it's diving on the court. Uh, it, it's, it, you, there's no chance you're going to run this guy down to try and block his shot, but you're still going to sprint and get across half court. Um, it's those things. Um, when you don't have studs, when you don't have the elite athletes, when you don't have um, uh, the kids that can go out and drop 30, you know, you these are the things that we have to do. You have to give great effort and it doesn't take any skill to, to go all out. And again, these things are going to, these things are going to transfer right into the, the workforce and the college. They're going to transfer into life. So these are our main things that we're teaching, not, not just for basketball, but this is, this is for life. And, you know, a quick story. Uh, I had an opportunity to meet uh, coach, coach Katie moved down to Myrtle beach. It's been a while now, maybe five, six years ago. And um, we were connected by uh, a friend and said we, we, would, we might get along. So he comes and I'm in absolute awe. I mean, this is Gene Katie. I mean, th this guy is an absolute legend. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this guy is coming to my, he's gonna be sitting over here. I'm, I'm thinking I gotta have the absolute best practice. So I'm on my, I'm, I'm on it, okay? So uh, we're running our practice and we're doing our thing. He's just sitting over there real quiet, not saying anything. So after practice, I go over and sit with him and I just want, so what do you think? What, you know, I'm, I'm eager to listen to this guy. Um, tell me what to do, but you know, what is it? What did you see? And um, he doesn't, he doesn't say anything. Oh, this, that's a good, that's a real good practice. You're doing everything right. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I know I'm not doing everything right. You got to give me the, the magical words that are going to, make me the, the Gene Katie of South Carolina. I need to know the secrets. Nothing. I got nothing. Okay. And very rarely, I mean, he would always encourage you, but he was always extremely uh, cautious to give out any suggestion. This is what, this is might be what I do. Very rarely would he say anything, but he would always, always tell you, you're doing a great job. 
Well, getting to the, the effort part, this is where I knew me and him were going to just be, be tight. He's watching. I'm not going to name the kid. He's watching one of our kids play. And, um, you know, if you, uh, every, every drill that we do, it has a winner and a loser. Uh, and it's usually team stuff. So we have winners and losers. Losers are going to have to run and, and they'll do different runs. And every, every, everything that we do as far as running is timed. If you don't make it, the whole team does it again. And, and we keep doing it until everybody makes it. So we're, we're, we're in this transition drill. And this, this kid that is supposed to be a pretty good player. And I'm sitting next to Coach Katie and, and we're watching. And he goes, uh, he's a jogger. You know, I never recruit joggers. <laughs> I'm sitting, I just started laughing. So, I hear that from a division one legend that we don't recruit joggers. Now, now kids never believe this stuff. When you tell them, when you're sitting in a room talking to a kid and saying, here's the things that you need to really be emphasizing. This is stuff you need to be doing. We know, we all know that you can shoot. We all know that you can score. We all know that you can be pretty and you can do this and do that. And you get the highlights. We all know that, but can you run on every single play? Can you defend every single time? Can you get on the floor every single time? I'm just, I'm sitting next to a legend that says, oh, he's a jogger. We, we don't, we don't recruit joggers. We don't like joggers. And that, and the, and so we started calling, you know, even when we started watching film, you know, we'd call kids out, man, you're a jogger. You don't want to be a jogger. Nobody recruits joggers. And so that was, that was, that was pretty funny to me. But again, that, that's the effort part. Then we have the communicate. The last two would be communication and loyalty. Uh, communication is big. Communication to me, direct communication, um, whether you're upset, happy, sad, whatever, communicating is essential. Uh, telling kids exactly how you feel, what you think, where they're at, their position, their role, uh, how good you think they are, how bad you might think they are. And I, I know you have to rephrase the bad part. But they need to know um, exactly where they stand as far as uh, on our team. And all our kids do. I mean, I, they might not like what we say, but we're going to tell them exactly what they are. Okay, you're, you're not going to ever play. And if you want to be on this team, you can sit right on that bench. You're going to have to work your butt off every single day in practice. That's your role. Do you want to be on the team or not? And some of them say yes. And, I, and I've, told, I've told kids this year. Um, you know, if your parents start whining and complaining uh, to me about, you know, why isn't my baby playing? You, you can quit. You can be off the team because I'm being direct. I'm telling you exactly what your role is. If you accept that role, it's your job to fulfill that role. Sit on the bench, stand up every single time someone comes off the court, you're standing up, you're cheering, you're clapping, you're, you're smacking it, you're dapping them up, you're doing all that stuff. Okay. But um, uh, communication, we, we, uh, again, this is something that Coach Melberg used to always make us do, and he still, I'm sure he still does it now, is um, every time we pass, we're calling somebody's name. So uh, there's, uh, there's constant communication. On defense, you know, you, you're talking about I got ball, closing out, help. Um, but, but the big thing with me, especially early on in our practices, we do a lot of transition stuff, kind of warm up. Uh, and, and every pass, you got to call a name. You got to call a name. It's just little things like that. Um, communicating, uh, communicating, like I said, whether, you know, things are going good, things are going bad, but, but the big thing with us, as far as communication, again, it's going to transfer over, 
understanding how to communicate when you're upset, understanding how to communicate when you're happy, understanding how to get the emotions from your heart out of your mouth um, are, are extremely important to us. And you'll hear, and this is crazy, uh, especially if you see some of the kids, the, the rough and tough exterior of a lot of our kids, but I've never had more um, tough guys just, and it, you hear it all the time. They'll just say, uh, love you coach, love you coach, love you guys. I mean, it, it just, it flies out left and right. And you'd never expect that. And, you know, we have a lot of kids that are from real, real tough, uh, tough, tough uh, situations. And, you know, that they need to hear that. They need to hear that we love you. I mean, it doesn't matter if you score. <laughs> I don't care if you, I, I, I absolutely don't care. I, I mean, it'd be nice if you could score and do something every once in a while, but at the same time, we're going to love you because of that loyalty, because of that commitment, because you're trusting us to help you get to where you want to go. And, and it's not just for a season. It's for, you know, and we've, we talk about this, you guys, and I guess this goes into the next one, the loyalty part. We always told our kids, you give us four years, we give, a, we give you the rest of our life, period. And it doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter um, if you're a doctor. It doesn't matter if you're a lawyer. It doesn't matter. This is going to sound bad. It doesn't matter if you're, you're a drug dealer. What you're doing and who you are are two different things to me. Okay. I love the kid that's in front of me. I might not always like the actions. Okay. But I love the kid that's in front of me. And, and they know that. And they know that they can call me no matter what situation that they're in. They're going to be able to call me, communicate and tell me, you know, what's going on. But, and again, that, like I said, that that's right. That loyalty thing and loyalty is not, you know, when we talk about um, commitment and loyalty uh, commitment nowadays, a lot of people, a lot of coaches, uh, whether it be, you know, there's numerous different sports, but a lot of people uh, are really encouraging our kids to commit to one sport. Uh, that's not commitment to me. Commitment to me and loyalty to me is being loyal. When you're in that season, you're loyal to what you're doing. You're loyal to the guys. You're going to be uh, trustworthy. We're, we're going to be able to count on you to, to do what we need you to do. And then the loyalty, uh, again, goes so much, so much further after the game. Is, is this guy going to be there for me when, when nobody else is? Um, we had, a, uh, unfortunately, a few instances where uh, I had a kid, um, I had a kid that got shot and he's in the hospital and uh, we, I went up to the hospital and I still remember he's laying in the hospital bed and he, he's pretty, I mean, he, he's, he's not doing well and his mom and his uncle are in there and, and some of our other players are in there and this is after he graduated. And I walk in there and I said, Hey man, you all right? And he says, yeah. And I just started ripping into him. I mean, like we're still coaching. So he's laying in his bed. This kid's lucky he's alive. And we started, well, I started really got getting into him about, you know, I've told you, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. You're not listening. Do you want to still continue to do this? And, and, and the mom and, and, and the uncle are just sitting there like, uh, you know, go ahead, do your thing. Um, but that, that goes back to the, the communication. It goes back to the loyalty thing that we know he's in a situation that he should have never been in. 
but it doesn't stop me and it doesn't stop my guys and it doesn't stop my coaches, my program from still being there when nobody else wants to be around this kid. Nobody wants to be associated with this kid. It has nothing to do with it, man. When kids are down, when kids are making mistakes, it's not time to kick them off. It's not time to throw them away. It's time to bring them in. It's time to hug them. It's time to love on them. It's time to bring them back. The easiest thing and one of the worst things, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but one of the worst thing that coaches do, in my opinion, is get rid of kids when they need you the most. And it's extremely easy when they're getting in trouble in school, when they're doing bad things, when they're, you, you don't, even if they're a stud basketball, don't just keep them because they're a stud basketball player. Keep them, if they're a stud and they're screwing around and doing bad things, sit them on the bench, make them pay for it in practice, make them learn. Don't just throw them away. Cause once they leave high school, that's what's going to happen. People will give up on them and throw them away. Well, I'm done with the, the preaching spot, but going back to kind of what we're about, teamwork, tough, uh, toughness, execution, effort, communication, um, and lastly, loyalty. Yeah, I love it. I mean, listen, we could stop the podcast right now if we, if we really wanted to. I mean, anybody could pick these words, right? But if you leave them as just that, words, right. they don't have any transfer to what you're trying to do as a coach on the court off the court after these kids have graduated and they're, they're moving on to, like you said, they're becoming husbands, fathers, whatever that might, might look like in their life. They're just words unless we can emphasize the things that need emphasized. And now they start to carry weight and they, right. they start to, we use basketball as the tool, as the platform. And then we transfer that to everything else that they're doing in life. And that's what you got going. And that's, what I absolutely love. I mean, if you, for example, if you go to my website, you'll see underneath my logo, it says faith, passion, service, and sacrifice. So for me, those are my four pillars. And so if you're dealing with me in my business, or if you're dealing with me in a person, I hope that those values are shown in the way that I go about my business and the way that, that I treat people. And it's the same way with the six non-negotiables that, you, that you've laid out there. And, you know, I, I love that you, you're given literally specific details and stories to go along with how you've used this. I think that's just, it's fantastic stuff. Now, with all that in mind, you have this, this foundation based on these values that you have with your program. Another thing that you really like to hang your hat on is defense. And no doubt defense translates to those six characteristics as well. Um, but haven't seen you guys play in person, haven't seen you uh, watch you play online. You really stress pressure defense with, with your program. What are some of the individual and team philosophies uh, that you have when it comes to playing pressure defense? Well, not, nothing uh, crazy, outlandish. Um, one of the big things that, that, that we try and do uh, is to obviously make you feel uncomfortable. Okay, so everything that we do on defense is to make you feel uncomfortable. And making you feel uncomfortable can be a handful of things. And I wrote, I wrote some of this down <clears throat> because I wanted to make sure I'm making, you know, our, our kids know this, we know this, but I want to emphasize a handful of things. Uh, first of all, we want to make you play faster uh, than what you're accustomed to playing. And a lot of times that has to do with, uh, obviously has to do with, uh, ball pressure. We want to be physical. 
Okay. We want to be extremely physical with you. So if you cut and we, and again, this, I think this is growing up during that bad boys era. Um, and, and the whole, you know, you cut across the lane, you're getting a forearm to the chest. And I, I haven't dropped that. I haven't stopped that. I know officials, um, tell us that, you know, you can't do this. You can't do that. Well, if you cut across the lane, you can get a forearm in the chest, um, boxing out, your shot goes up and we teach it like this shot goes up, whoever, you know, and this is no knock on officials, but 99.9% .9 of them are going to do this. They're going to watch the shooter. They're not watching anybody else. So when that shot goes up, we're, we're going to be real nice to that shooter. We're going to let them land. We're going to get in front of them. We're going to box them out. All these other guys that are going to the basket, they're getting a forearm in the chest. We're, put, we're, we're putting our body into them, and they're getting hit. And that's what we always say, hit and go get. Um, so and, and again, you can't. You can't play good defense if you don't rebound. And I'll be honest with you, we, we haven't done uh, as good of a job rebounding as we should have uh, in, in the past. And I think a lot of that has to do with us in our transition, trying to get out and transition so quickly. But we're going to be extremely physical. We're going to have great ball pressure. Um, run, turn, run. Uh, I had an opportunity to talk with uh, Billy Hicks. Billy Hicks is the, I think, yeah, he's the winningest coach in, in, in Kentucky. Uh, coach that Scott County, I spent, I think it was about an hour and a half. We're sitting, we're at the beach ball classic. We're sitting next. I, I wanted to meet the guy. I played him a handful of times and I was always wondering, how do you get your kids to do what they do? Um, and because he didn't have, I mean, he had some good players, but you wouldn't guess it. When you looked at his team, they were never enormous. They, they looked a lot like us. So I was wondering, you know, how do you make your kids do what they do? And, and he said some things, nothing, Again, kind of like the, the coach, Katie, not, nothing outlandish, but one of the things that he, he told me is we make them run, turn, run. Everybody works on like the zigzag drill where you get, you know, you got a ball in a partner, you, you, the kids got the ball, you're going to zig and zag all the way down court. Well, come on, man. I, I mean, that that is that really game situation. It doesn't happen that often in a game, does it? You know, well, now nah, I've never seen it, um, at least not with not in my teams. And usually if we got a team that's just zigging and zagging us down court. Yeah, we just beat them by about 30 points. So that, right. that's great. Yep. But um, he talks about run, turn, run. And, and what what he emphasizes and what we started to do um, is get on the man to make him run. And then when he starts running, you got instead of trying to slide, forget that slide and stuff, sprint turn and make them run again. So uh, give an example, these are one, this is one of the drills that we do. We put kids, we have two guys side by side and uh, we'll put them on the baseline. One's got a ball, one's on offense, one's on defense. I stand there, I say, go, okay? So the kid with the ball sprints, he, he sprint, try to get all the way down court and make a layup. The other kid's job is to sprint and he's got to try and get at least one or if not two turns before he ever gets to half court. So you talk about pace, you talk about uh, a drill that is simple and basic and easy. Try to sprint as fast as you can down court with a guy chasing you, trying to turn you. Then offensively, you got to try and finish. And then defensively, I got to make sure. And Coach Martin says, I got to turn him before half court. If I don't turn him, I'm going to hear about it. If I can't turn my guy before half court, I'm going to sit on the bench. I don't want to do that. All right. So you got these kids running side by side, one dribbling, one sprint and trying to turn. And then all of a sudden he turns. And now that, that, that ball handler's got to get down court and try and score. Now I got to sprint again and turn them again. 
I mean, you talk about pace and you talk about intensity. I mean, it's great. Um, so we, we incorporated that where we want to make our guys play faster than what they're accustomed to. Um, we, and this is big, we've done this for a long, long time. And this is, we all, we force everybody to their weekend. So if, if you're uh, right-handed, we're forcing you left. If you're left-handed, you are forcing you right. Now, here's one thing that I've seen. I'm sure you've seen this being a trainer and doing all the work that you do. A lot of kids, uh, right-handed kids, especially kids that can shoot, uh, what I've found, a lot of kids that can shoot like right-handed kids like to go left and pull up. Okay. So we run into, and this is where the scouting thing comes and we spend a lot of time uh, watching other teams play. Um, we'll find out if we got a right-handed kid that likes to go left, we'll make that kid go right. And you talk about screwing, screwing kids up, especially high school kids. Oh my Lord. As soon as you make, and one of the hardest kids in my opinion, one of the hardest kids to guard is a kid that's right-handed that attacks left. One of my best players I've ever coached um, was hundred percent right-handed, but he could drive like nobody's business going left. And he just did that all game and nobody ever pushed him to his right where he would, he would have struggled a little bit. So we force everybody uh, to their weekend. Uh, and again, the whole physical thing is extremely important to us. And this, in my opinion, I think I got to I got to relax on this a little bit because uh, we've got beaten <laughs> a few different times uh, because we foul so much. And, and I've never argued with I tell officials when they call a foul on us, I'll tell them, man, I know we're fouling. I know we foul. I'm not going to argue about us. Foul. I know we foul, but just make sure you're watching the other guys foul. And um, what I tell what I've told our guys forever. Um, and I, I think some of this has to be with, has to do with uh, where kind of where you brought up. If fouls were bad, and I've said they all know this. If fouls are bad, they'd only give you one. You got five of them. Okay. Um, now, some of my kids, I emphasize this a little bit more. You know, the kid that comes off the bench, it's going to average 0. 0.6 points per game, uh, 0.2 rebounds. Okay, buddy, you're going in there. You, you got to be physical. You got to make things happen. You got to keep the guys off the boards. You got to be annoyance. Don't be dirty, but be an annoyance. Well, like I said, being physical is extremely important. Um, like I said, every shot hit your man. Uh, no easy ball reversals. Uh, I don't like, uh, I mean, any good offense, you got to get side to side touches. You got to have the ball going side to side. You got to have movement. And the more and more it's funny when you watch, uh, you know, these games in March, uh, you see a lot of high ball screens. Uh, you see a lot of dribbling, but it's, it's, it's really funny. The elite teams, uh, the Gonzagas, uh, Michigan, um, those two in particular, when you sit and watch those guys and even Houston a little bit, but when you sit and watch, Baylor, I guess. So, so again, the elite teams, when you watch those teams play, you see the ball move a whole lot more. I mean, it moves a lot more from side to side. Uh, the bad teams are the ones that you're just going to, you know, have a kid dribble, you know, dribble and kick. And I, I get there's a place for that, but we try and stop people from moving the ball side to side. We try to make it very, very difficult when the ball's picked up, we're trying to deny old school, you know, one pass away, deny two pass away and help. Um, so, so that's another thing that we emphasize. We double the post. Ball goes into the paint. We're doubling down. Uh, we, we normally do it 
uh, whoever's man passed the ball in, I know there's different ways to do this and, and we will do it differently. But when the ball is passed in, whoever's man passes in goes and doubles and then they kick it out. We got to close out hands high, chop your steps and, and do all that fun stuff. Uh, here's one thing that was done to us that's been extremely effective as far as defense. Uh, we press almost, you know, every game. Well, we do. We press in some way every single game, uh, whether it's a zone or man, majority of the time it's going to be man to man. When we're man to man or or zone. If we're man to man, the ball's being dribbled up court and um, the, the man picks up the ball and kicks it ahead. Let's say he kicks it from, you know, the old volleyball line and he kicks it across half court. Okay. Whoever, if my man was the guy that passed, okay, what's going to happen? As soon as I pass the ball, and, and again, I'm talking about high school kids, as soon as I grab, I pick it up and I kick it ahead. The first thing I'm going to do, that kid's going to do, is either walk or jog almost every single time. So what we do, and this was done to us, and I said, this is a great idea, is when the ball's passed, whoever passed, we call it chase. So as soon as the ball's passed, if my man passes, I follow the ball and go trap it. And we have, uh, that has caused so many problems uh, for different teams. It, It killed us. We went, another quick story, we, we went into a basketball camp at Coastal Carolina. We're playing a team out of Kentucky. And this is the year we had a, a really good team. We're you know, number one in the state. That team ended up going to the lower state finals, got beaten in the lower state finals. So we go into this game and we're blowing everybody out. I mean, it's not even close. We go against this team in Kentucky and they start doing that. I can't figure out what in the world, what, what exactly are they doing? And, and the, we didn't have, we couldn't make the adjustment. A lot of that was my fault. But then, then I kept watching, watching, okay, I see what they're doing. Then after the game, I talked to the coach, and you, I'm going to steal whatever I can from any coach. And he said, oh, well, this is what we do. You know, they make that, that especially a longer pass. That guy goes and chases, and it makes it really, really difficult for them to get out of it. And we started doing that. We've done it ever since, and it is extremely effective. Um, and we've had a lot of success with that, but it comes with condition. You have to be in condition. If you're going to press almost all game, if you're going to run around and chase and and trap and do things of that nature, uh, you, you got to be in condition. So uh, I guess the the key things to, that we emphasize is we force we're, we're extremely physical. We're going to make teams play faster than what they're accustomed to. We're going to force them to dribble with their weak hand. Um, we're going to chase on on any lob. We're going to double down. We're going to hit on every shot. Shot goes up. Everybody's hitting, boxing out. But those are some of the key things that we do. Now, obviously, you got to have the kids to do it. And I've been blessed with a lot of kids that can that can do it. If if I didn't have what I and we've done this majority of every place I've been. But, you know, having kids that can kind of carry it out is the coaching is not as important as the kids. Man, there's so many great things to unpack defensively uh, that you that you just shared. I love that one. I wonder I'm going to steal steal that one. Um, there's one that I like to do that's very similar where players handle on the ball and the defenders on them. And every time you get the, the ball handler to switch hands or change directions, the defender gets a point. And so uh-huh. then when you get to a certain spot, however many points that player gets being rewarded for playing good defense and turning the player, that's how many dribbles they get when they get to go on offense. So if you get blown by, and it doesn't take me any, you, you didn't, would right, you, would right. you call it run, turn, run? 
Yeah, run, turn, run. No, there was no turn. It was just run. You got zero dribbles, and we're playing one on one. You you turn me <laughs> once, okay? You got one dribble, right? You right. you run, right, turn, right. run, turn, and you do it a couple times. Right. And now you got two dribbles, and that that's a that's a fun one. You mentioned the the shooting concept where. You're right. Most players prefer to, if they're right-handed, prefer to go left, right? You're shooting shoulders in front, you know, watch Kevin Durant, watch LeBron, you know, especially I think of uh, Kevin Durant when he was younger, before he was really started to advance. And, you know, now he can do, you name the, the right. move or the shot, he can make everything. When he came in the league, it was pretty much all left, all left, all left as a right-handed player. Um, and I'm still surprised at how many high school games that I watch where you're guarding a right-handed player who wants to go left and pull up and players are still playing. I'm like, they want to go right the whole time. It's not the case. Um, yeah. So that could be, that can be a big, big time advantage. Um, there's so many great things in there, but I did want to ask you about uh, some of the coaches that have impacted you uh, in your life and in your career. Um, I know you mentioned coach Katie. So if you want to share a little bit more about him <laughs> or any other coaches, uh, please do. Yeah, Coach, Coach Katie is, I mean, for a short period of time. I mean, he, uh, like I said, we've known each other for the last five, six years. He calls, you know, we talk uh, on a regular basis. And a lot of times it's not about basketball, it's just about, you know, whatever. But every time he calls, I look at my phone like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. But um, he... The, the one thing that he did, it wasn't the X's and O's, uh, because very rarely did he talk X's and O's. He gave me a lot of confidence in what I was doing. Um, he he kind of just made me feel like, because you're always one, well, at least I am. Oh, first of all, I don't know everything. Uh, I, 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 I got to get better. I got to improve. Uh, I'm the most critical person of what I do. Um, uh, I'm a, I'm a guy that can't sleep at night is always thinking, uh, always wondering about our kids. always wondering how I can make somebody better. How, how can I fit these guys into what we're trying to do? Always thinking about that. Always wanting to get better. Always listen to other people. I, and it doesn't matter if it's a elementary game or a, uh, a NBA game. I, I don't care. You can always get something from someone. Um, in this case, you know, I was, I guess you could say even after whatever it's been, 26, 20, whatever years, um, I, I'm still trying to improve. And I think a lot of times you, you second guess what you do. Like, am I, am I doing everything I need to be doing to get to where my kids need to go? Am I doing everything uh, for my kids to, to help them improve? And I don't know how many times we've, sat at practice and, and talked. And I, I say the same thing to him, coach, what am I doing? What do I need to do? What needs to change? And every single time it's the same thing. You're doing, you're doing a good job. You're doing a great job. You just, just keep doing what you're doing. You're pushing your kids. You're making them play hard. They're doing this, they're doing that. And I, I mean, I, I've sat in this sounds uh it sounds kind of bad, but I mean, I've sat next to him and said, man, you got to tell me something. Tell me, tell me, I'm not, tell me what to do. And it's the same thing all the time. It's just, just keep doing what you're doing. They're playing hard. And that's the one thing about him that, that has had an impact on me. It, it kind of reassured that, you know, we're getting better.
okay, uh, like I was saying, it, he he just gave me the confidence I kind of needed. Um, it, when, when you're hearing it, you know, when you hear it from your peers, it's nice. Uh, but when you hear it from a, a legend like him, it, it kind of makes you feel like, okay, maybe I am, I'm not doing everything right, but I, I'm doing, you know, if Gene Katie says you're doing it all right, uh, I think I'm, I'm all right. Um, but again, it, it's not, you're never satisfied. I mean, <laughs> never, never. Um, uh, as far as coaching goes, at least I'm not. Um, the other two coaches that had a huge, huge impact, the first and foremost, Coach Melberg, uh, my high school coach, who I'm still really close with, watches all our games uh, on our huddle account, every single one. And I, I'll be on a bus. Um, uh, I've been on a bus going to games. I've been on a bus after game in my car, and he'll call and just want to talk. You know, this is what I saw. This is what I think. And I can't – the guy is – extreme so knowledgeable and just puts everything in perspective I mean it's like you're talking to this this wise guy that's seen it all and and it's one of those things like it's like why didn't I think of that what these little little things that make a huge difference and I'm not seeing it this guy watches five minutes a game and says well why don't you just try this and all of a sudden you try it and it works um he was extremely extremely uh, influential on me not not just as a coach but as a uh a friend uh we've grown to obviously adults and he, he is he's extremely loyal uh caring um good christian man that 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 he coached for the right reason um he didn't coach for to to win the 900 and some game or whatever it was that he won um that wasn't it I mean, he coached for us. He coached to help us grow. He coached us uh, and he taught us so many different things that had nothing to do with, with basketball, but that live with us forever. And that, I mean, you remember a handful of games, but I remember the words. I remember the meetings. I remember the calls. I remember all those things that, that I've had with him. And that's the stuff that's so important to me. And that's why he's been so influential, probably more than anybody else, any other coach I've ever had. Um, and then lastly would be my, well, I guess not last, but uh, my college coach, I had an opportunity to play at uh, Oakland Community College for two years under uh, Coach Reed. And <laughs> Coach Reed, <laughs> this guy was a trip. Uh, another guy, I've been blessed. First of all, Coach Melberg's in, you know, the Hall of Fame, BCAM Hall of Fame. Uh, coach Reed's in the BCAM Hall of Fame. Um, you know, Coach Reed had just won a national championship. I think it was in 89 or something. And I came a handful of years later and a well-respected program, great coach. Um, but he did it a lot differently than Coach Melberg. I mean, you're walking into a gym and, uh, you know, you're this this white kid that's uh, that's coming in short, uh, you know, five nothing. And you're coming in and playing against kids that we had a guy, you can't make this up was a drill sergeant from the Marines, uh, came in and played, and his name was Sergeant Payne, Willie Payne. <laughs> and he, the toughest dude I've ever seen. And, you know, you walk into a gym and Co Coach Reed has got kids all over the place. I mean, but as soon as he says something, everything comes together. And what I really got from him was the, 
the intensity part, the uh, history, you know, Coach Melberg's practices and my, to this day, mine are the same thing. First of all, everything's written down. Everything's on a clock. Everything's timed. Everything's a competition. Hey, you're going to, there, there's running or, uh, you know, consequences for everything. So that I really got from Coach Melberg. From Coach Reed, it was a lot of the competition stuff. It was a lot of um, the games. It was a lot, the conditioning. It was the pace. It was the defensive intensity. Coach uh, Coach Reed was all man to man, and and he he had kids that could really get after, it and he allowed you to play. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, the X's and O's were were real simple, um, and he allowed players to play, uh, and you could play fast. You could be physical, and he 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 really had a huge impact on pushing you. He, he kind of showed you that you can go further than what you're going right now. You can go faster than what you're going right now. You, you can do more than what you're doing right now. And he made you do it. I mean, cause if you didn't, you, you're sitting on the bench, you're, you're going to get eaten up by these guys that are surrounding you on the court. Uh, so he had a, uh, an absolutely huge uh, impact on me. So, you know, those three guys and everybody, I, I mean, honestly, every every coach that I was an assistant for in one way or another ha had an impact uh, on my life. And um, that was I can't thank them enough for all the stuff that I learned from these people, even if they don't know I did. I, I mean, it was it, it was a great opportunity for me. And I think a lot of times people miss out. They really miss out on the opportunity of going that growth. You know, being an assistant, being a middle school coach, being an assistant, being on your own, watching somebody coach. Um, those, those are things that really help develop and and, and kind of allow you to build that philosophy that you have. No, I absolutely, absolutely love it. I mean, we, there's so much we can take away from other people. And, you know, even from the, the training and the player development side, I'll get asked, like, how do I how do I get into some of the stuff you're doing, Steve? One of the first things I say is don't think about being a basketball trainer, become a coach first, get yeah. coaching experience, right? Because all the, most of the stuff that you want to teach, it's not the stuff that happens all the time in a game. Anyway, right. coach a team, learn from other people mm -hmm. and, and refresh yourself on all the things that have real value. And, and you'll be reminded of all the other characteristics, like you talked about in the very beginning, right? Those six non-negotiable, you'll be reminded of all of those things that are even more vital than the cool move or drill that you want to show some, show some kids. And, um, you know, your, your experiences are a, a great way to really say, you know, here's everything that I've learned from all of these people. And it's such a balance as a coach of knowing what your standards are, knowing what your principles are, and feeling confident and believing strongly in those and the things that work for you. But at the same time, always being a student of the game, the constant yeah. learner and saying, you know, there are certain things we got this, like we, we're, we're really good at these areas. This is what we believe with. This is our foundation. And at the same time, having the humility to say, but I can still get better. And there's all right. these other areas that I can still continue to improve upon. Um, that's one of the reasons I love doing this, this podcast. And yeah, I get the chance to work with coaches around the country and I tease myself because they're asking for, you know, my services, but I'm like, yeah, but think of all the people I'm learning from now, right? right. <laughs> learning from coaches all over the place. And it's just been a, a real blessing. 
And, uh, you know, every coach I think that has success like you have has all of these other people that have helped them make an impact. Sure. I mean, success, it takes time. It takes hard work. And the third one, it doesn't happen alone. Right. It, right. It's because of all, all these other people that have had some sort of an impact. Honestly, it goes a really long way. Last question, coach. Advice to your younger self. <laughs> well, here to, to, to kind of piggyback on what you were just talking about. Yeah. Um, one thing that that I think is extremely important for coaches, and I guess this is tied into what you just asked, um, is why do you do what you do? The, the why. Why do you do? what you do. And the, you know, those two coaches, those, the two coaches that have had the most influence, coach Melver by far and, and coach Reed, neither one of those guys was trying to keep track of how many wins, neither one of them, neither one of them were worried. I mean, everybody, every coach wants to win. You, you want to win a state championship. You want to win your region. You want to win the game in front of you. You want to win in checkers. You want to win. We, we get that. But if, the, if that's it, that's so shallow. And, and, and I, I would sit here and tell coaches it, that is, that's extremely shallow. If that's it, that's shallow. And it's not going to be fulfilling. You're never going to be happy. Um, I've been a whole lot happier seeing having a kid call me and say, hey, coach, um, just graduated. Coach, just got this job. Coach, moving here. Coach, doing this. Those are the things that those are wins to me. The, these the, the points that they put up on the scoreboard. Yeah, that's nice. It makes your community happy, makes kid, kids are happy. People cheer and they pat you on the back and and they get excited. But no, those wins are the phone calls. Those wins are, um, you know, the kids. Uh, that's to me. And I know that's not a pop in many places, not very popular. And that could probably get you fired in most places. But uh, that, that's why I'm gonna do it forever. Uh, for, if I quit tomorrow, uh, I'll be, I'll know that my why will, had nothing to do with wins. It had to do with now, it had to do with winning kids. And we won a whole lot more kids than we've won games. Um, and, and that, that's, what's important to me. Now to answer your question about the, uh, what would I tell? That was a tough one. I mean, that, um, First of all, and I think this is big for probably every single coach um, out there, and I think everybody would, if they thought about it, would probably do this, is uh, be kinder to the officials. Be kinder to the officials. Um, you are not going to get every single call, period. Here's another thing that I did. I officiate, believe it or not. I officiated. My dad made me start made me start officiating when I was in ninth grade. We had to do rec league stuff, so I had to officiate from ninth grade. And I officiated all the way until I came uh, to South Carolina. That is one thing uh, when you talk about uh, understanding the game. That is one of the things that I think all coaches should have to do is learn how to. They should. They need to know how to officiate. Um, but all that being said, I, I was pretty tough. I'm not as much. My wife will tell you the same thing. I, I used to be a lot rougher and tougher uh, and just wrong to the officials. Um, but I think I'd be much easier on them because, again, you're not you're not going to get every call. These guys are going out there to trying to do the best they can. They really, you know, don't care who wins and who loses. Um, 
but I would be nicer to the officials. Uh, another one, and this, I think the older I get, the more this, this is more important to me, is more balance. Uh, you got to take time away from basketball. Yeah, you absolutely have to. And I don't do a good job to this day. I'm doing better, but I don't do uh, as good of a job. You got to take time away. You got to make time for yourself. You got to let your brain get free. Uh, you can't, I mean, by, on my bed, uh, on the nightstand next to me, I got a, uh, I got paper. And I'm constantly writing stuff. And Coach Melberg told me to do this years ago. When you can't sleep and you're thinking, 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 write it down. Write it down and eventually you'll be able to go to bed. I do that to this day. Um, next to, you know, the dad's chair, because every dad has a chair. Next to the dad's chair, same thing. I got a pad of paper. And every time, I mean, thank God for DVR. I'm pausing, stopping, writing stuff down, writing down plays, writing down ideas. Nonstop. I mean, it's it's absolutely nonstop. There's paper all over the place. Um so you got to all this being said, I got it. I think I'd go back and tell myself, you got to have more balance. You got to have a balance between basketball has been absolutely consuming me since they, I can tell you the first time um, when I was playing rec league basketball at Waterford Township and I made a reverse layup and everybody went crazy. I, I, I still remember that like it happened, you know, yesterday and when that happened I'm like oh man these people cheered that it was exciting I feel uh, this is it's that basketball has consumed me for uh you know 40 years and I think I'm getting to the point where um I, there is more of a balance and I think a lot of that comes with having a family having kids um uh, that that really <laughs> changes everything uh, the other thing and I had a uh, coach tell me this um, years ago is you got to take care of yourself. And I haven't done a, a good job of that. Um, walking, jogging, running, uh, staying in condition. Um, coaches know this. Uh, you're going to get fat real quick during the season because there's never a good time to eat. You're on the road. You're grabbing whatever's next to you. And I'm living proof, buddy. I mean, uh, when, when we're not winning, I'm getting fatter. Uh, when, we're, when we're winning, I'm still getting fatter. So, you know, I, I've, <laughs> I've really tried to start doing a better job of uh, taking care of myself, and I'm working on it. But uh, those are probably the three things, being kinder and gentler to the, uh, to the officials, um, having more balance, and just taking care of myself. Uh, other than that, I mean, I, I've loved this game has, you know, it was my first love by far. And um, it, it has been a, an incredible ride. And this game gives you, gives uh, a lot of people an opportunities to um, really help uh, and help grow the game and help grow our kids. And I think when you, when your why has more to do with someone else than it has to do with you, um, everybody's going to be better for it. Well, I think we're better for having you on this podcast. Those are great stuff. I got two pages of notes uh, that I just took. And I think a lot of our, our listeners are going to, that are coaches are really going to benefit from this. And I also think we've had a handful of officiating episodes on here. So all the officials that listen to this podcast are also going to appreciate uh, what you had to share, share as well. So um, 
Coach, can't thank you enough. This was awesome. Thank you for being on, on the Coach's Edge podcast and wish you the best of luck moving forward with, with you, your family, and your program, both on and off the court. Well, thank you. I really appreciate uh, you having me again. It's, it's flattering, humbling. Um, but I, again, I thank you for all uh, of the things that you do. I mean, your why is, is right, uh, 100%. And uh, I just hope to see you more, see you more around here and, and continue to grow the game and, and do what you do with our, our youth. Uh, we really appreciate it. We need more people like you uh, involved in our kids' lives. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. Uh, if you find this episode beneficial, please share it out uh, with somebody else. And don't forget, uh, subscribe, a rate, review. That goes a really long way because we're trying to give coaches an advantage, an edge. And so the more people that listen to this, the more people that we can help out. So thanks again and get after it today. Thank you for checking out this episode. A special thanks to Coach Martin for taking the time. Man, he's a great dude. Make sure you're following Myrtle Beach Basketball on Twitter. Um, really successful program down here in the, the Southern East Coast. They have a great thing going on. And if you are interested about the Coach's Edge, again, reach out to me, contact at kramerbasketball.com. We're only keeping our membership open for three weeks. And depending on the amount of new members we get, we may shut it down even before that because I don't want so many members in there that I don't feel like myself and our three other coaches on staff can do a great job. This is brand new. We started this thing in October of 2020. So we're really limiting the amount of coaches that we let in in the beginning to make sure that we can serve them best before we expand. All right, so if you're curious about that, go to coachesedge.coach or contact me, contact at currentbasketball.com. I would love to speak with you more about our membership. Thanks again for listening. Appreciate you all. Have a great weekend.